Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm your guest host for today. My name is Linda House. I'm the Executive Vice President for External Affairs here at the Cancer Support Community. Kim Tebaldo will be with you next week. The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, which is one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 170 locations worldwide, also online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org, and then over the phone at 1-888-793-9355. I'd like to welcome you to the show today. Our show is sponsored by Insight Corporation, and we're talking today about a rare group of blood cancers called myeloproliferative neoplasms, or MPNs. MPNs cause the body to overproduce blood cells in the bone marrow due to a genetic mutation that originates in the stem cells. Only about 14,500 people in the United States will be diagnosed with an MPN this year, but it is a very significant diagnosis and has significant impact on not only the patients, but for families living with people with an MPN. There are three types of them, and at the end of the show, we'll give you um, a link to listen to our show from last year where we went into great depth on each of these types. But the three types are polycythemia vera, and sometimes people just refer to that as PV, essential thrombocytopenia, referred to as ET, and myelofibrosis, referred to as MF. This month, which is September, is Blood Cancer Awareness Month, and it is the 11th annual MPN Awareness Day. The cancer support community is driving MPN awareness this entire month with a new campaign. It's called Shining the Light on MPNs, and our CSC affiliates, so the cancer support communities across the United States and also the Gildas Clubs across the United States, will be doing programs to help their communities better understand MPNs and how to live well with an MPN or other rare cancer. And so joining us today, I'm so excited to have Melissa Wright, who is the program director at one of our affiliates, Gilda's Club Quad Cities in Davenport, Iowa, to help us understand this initiative and MPNs a little bit better. So we will get right started with um, our conversation. Thank you for joining us, Melissa. Thank you, Linda, for having me. So let's start in with the question of how is living with a rare cancer different than living with a more commonly known type of cancer? Well, I think with a rare cancer, there's just a lot of unknowns, um, you know, um, unknowns regarding their treatment, you know, what's going to happen, um, the symptoms, you know, a lot of people have these symptoms and they're not quite sure what that means. Um, they may not know other people with the illness. You know, you think about sort of the breast cancer movement and all these people wearing pink and you know who everybody is. I mean, there's lots of people around you, but with a rare cancer, you may not have that luxury of seeing it and knowing other people with that same type of cancer that you can talk to. Um, I think also the issue of, um, you know, sometimes with the MPNs, you've got uh, a chronic illness, you know, that's treated over a long period of time versus something that's more acute. 
And so, you know, you've got to kind of make changes and adjustments to your life to deal with that long-term outlook, you know, with your illness. Um, and so this affects many aspects of your life, you know, your relationships with your family, uh, your work situation, um, and also, you know, just how you're going to live day-to-day with a rare disease that um, a lot of people may not know about. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes these type of efforts all the more important to help bring people together wherever they are located. Exactly. You know, I think um, having a, a month or a week or even a day dedicated to any illness brings a lot of um, attention to it. And so we learn more about the illness um, as healthcare professionals, and then the patients learn more about it. And, and, uh, and that way people are going to be diagnosed sooner um, and receive better care in the long term the more we know about it. Mm-hmm. And so, so sticking with MPNs um, for just a second... MPNs are often referred to as the invisible illnesses. And a part of that is is because people who have an MPN or a myeloproliferative neoplasm, they they may not look like they're sick. Um, so talk about how challenging that could be for someone who is diagnosed with an MPN. Well, I hear this a lot, actually, at Gilda's Club in support groups and, and the, the members that come here um, because they they tell us, I don't look sick, you know, I I look healthy, and therefore people assume I'm okay. And when they talk about that a little bit, they'll explain what they mean, the fact that they um, really don't feel that good inside. You know, they're either emotionally, they're struggling with things, or even physically. You know, they can um, put on a smile, a really good smile, and just, you know, people have no idea what they're going through. And so I think that's challenging because um, the MPNs, you know, oftentimes people do look uh, just fine. And so, you know, I encourage folks to be honest about that and and where they're at in the illness um, and to talk to their family members and friends and the people close to them, obviously, that they trust about how they really feel because, again, that's part of the education of what they're going through. And if people don't know what they're experiencing, then how can we support them? So... Um, so that's the first part of that is just kind of being open with those around you that, you know, hey, I look a certain way, but I don't feel, you know, the best. And um, this is how, you know, you can support me in that. Um, and I think that, you know, as healthcare professionals, at people at Gilda's Club or the cancer support community, you know, we're keyed into that. And so I always try to make sure to, to ask people what's really going on. Um, but also the family members, too. I think it's important to include them because a lot of times they're supporting the person with cancer and nobody ever asks them how they're doing. And so I always encourage the family members to talk about what they're going through as well as in supporting a person with cancer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I know that can be really difficult for, for people. And, um, you know, one of the things that I just w- would like to underscore about around your comments is the resources that we have available, both in Gilda's clubs on the ground throughout the United States and the cancer support community on the ground throughout the United States, and then also our, our helpline. Um, and I think that you and um, others of our mental health care professional team really have some great strategies to help start those dialogues and make people feel more comfortable um, in, in making those around them aware of their situation. Most definitely. I would agree with that. And, and just, you know, reaching out for support, um, it doesn't mean that you aren't able to handle the diagnosis or, you know, that you aren't a strong person. Um, but, you know, there's 
Um, there's something about, you know, being around others who understand what you're going through and getting that support and just being able to talk about what you're feeling and knowing that you're not alone in that. And, you know, speaking of having a clear understanding and communicating clearly, you know, I know you know this and we talk a lot about having a clear understanding of your cancer diagnosis and in particular your treatment options, how it's really important that that patients and families understand that full portfolio of choices so that they can make the best decision for them. We always say there's not a right decision, but there is a right decision for every individual. And I know that you are very involved in um, open to options, which is the CSC treatment decision counseling model, but I was wondering if you could speak, you know, a little bit to MPNs and, you know, the, the, the complex nature of an MPN and, you know, thinking about somebody who needs to understand their, their options alongside the complexity of the disease. What are some of the questions that, that patients or families might be asking either about themselves and what their desires would be, or what should they be asking their healthcare team? Well, I think, um, you know, anytime there's sort of a complicated diagnosis, um, you know, just having a basic understanding and really, you know, asking your healthcare team and your physician just very basic questions is a good place to start. Um, And, you know, there's always information online, which, you know, we have to be careful, obviously, of of the information we're seeking there. But I think... um, Going to an appointment prepared, you know, and having some basic knowledge of of the diagnosis is helpful. Um, And bringing someone with you, uh, we always recommend that when going to appointments so that they can help you take notes and kind of comprehend what the physician is saying. Um, But I think, you know, as I was sort of getting my thoughts together today, um, uh, I think some specific questions or or things that could be asked uh, specifically are about, um, you know, an understanding of the blood and the marrow and what's actually happening uh, with this diagnosis. Um, And there's so many, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the program the different types of MPNs that are uh, um, out there, and so having a knowledge of the different types even and and what that means, you know, in terms of of the actual blood production, uh, whether it's too many red blood cells or white cells or blood stem cells, whatever it may be, Um, and understanding the lymphatic system. And, again, these are things that you can ask your physician, Um, maybe having a a list of questions written down going into the appointment uh, will help you kind of keep your thoughts organized. And then um, uh, talking about treatment choices. And so, again, there's a, a lot of different options available depending on the type of, of cancer diagnosis you have. So, um, you know, getting specific to what are the, the choices um, that are available for you um, and the risks and the side effects of those treatments is a good place to start. Um, and then there's other organizations, I think, too, that once you kind of have a general idea of what the diagnosis is, you know, going to uh, resources online like the MPM Research Foundation, um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and the National Cancer Institute are, are well-known uh, resources available that would have a lot of good information about uh, those types of blood cancers and um, might help you organize your thoughts around what questions to ask the physician. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. And, you know, I was wondering if you might just spend a little time 
talking to our listeners about open to options and this, you know, what open to options would offer to them, what sort of techniques does the program use, and really, you know, what does that deliver to the patient in terms of them being able to go back to their healthcare team? Yes, so open options, something that we do here at Gilda's Club and the cancer support community makes available is a decision support counseling program, and we've implemented this not all that long ago, actually, and we've seen some really great uh, outcomes with it just in terms of um, people feeling more empowered and prepared for their appointments. And so what we do, uh, we have trained staff here at Gilda's Club, um, that will sit down with a person prior to a doctor's appointment. And this is preferably uh, maybe one to two days before the appointment when you're going to be talking about um, treatments and making a treatment decision. And we will sit with them and talk about um, questions that they may have that they would like to ask their healthcare team and any concerns as well that... um, that are coming to mind. And so we actually kind of do the work in terms of writing the questions down for them so that they can just sort of brainstorm and free flow thinking about the questions. And we don't tell them what questions to ask. We know that obviously comes from the patients. Um, And we don't answer their questions because we aren't the healthcare provider in this situation. But our objective is to... um, you know, again, listen to the concerns, make referrals, um, so maybe there's uh, some places they could go for some more information, and um, write the list of questions down for the person. And so when they leave, they actually have their question list already prepared for their appointment. So again, that's why it's helpful, I think, to do it just right before the appointment with the physician. And another nice thing that we can do, and it has worked well, is we could actually send that to the physician, uh, either email or faxed prior to their appointment so that the physician sort of has an idea already of what the patient's concerns and questions are going to be and and might be prepared. So maybe it's going to be um, a longer appointment time and and they're prepared for that. So it really does, um, I think, lessen a person's anxiety uh, about the appointment and, and the questions that they want to ask. Um, they tell us that they feel like the appointment goes a little bit more smoothly um, because everybody's kind of on the same page. And um, I think that that it helps them organize their thoughts around the best kind of treatment um, that they can get. And so um, we just get really good feedback from it. I, I think it works really well for people to just sit down with somebody and kind of process that through and get their questions down and then have something... Um, concrete that they can take to their appointment. So I would encourage um, any patient who's looking at needing to make a treatment decision to call the cancer support community and and set up an appointment, whether it be on the phone or at one of the local affiliates. Great. Thank you. And it really does um, give, especially patients who, to your point of your earlier comments, there may not be that many patients, so they don't find a natural support group. Um, in their in their communities, they might have to reach outside of their community. They may have an illness that isn't um, as well known as some of the other cancers and very complex. So, I agree with you that it does give patients and families because you, they could go through this together uh, a place to gather their thoughts before they then go back into having a decision making conversations with their healthcare team. And just to remind our listeners, if you call one eight hundred seven nine three 9355. You can schedule an open to options session 
via the phone or the counselor that answers the phone can also tell you where there is an affiliate close to you and you can go in for a face-to-face session. So we are going to have to take a quick commercial break. Today's show is sponsored by the Insight Corporation. And when we return, we'll hear more about how to live well with a rare cancer or a myeloproliferative neoplasm as we're talking today. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. My name is Linda House, and I'm your guest host today, filling in for Kim Tebaldo, who is the president and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. I'm so lucky today to be joined by Melissa Wright, who is the program director at one of the Cancer Support Community affiliates, Gildas Club in Quad Cities in Davenport, Iowa. So thank you again, Melissa, for being here, and what a great segment we just finished. Yes, we did. Thanks so much, Linda. I'm enjoying being here today with you. Um, you know, a lot of times treatments for for MPNs, myeloproliferative neoplasms, take a watch-and-wait approach, or they may just do symptom management only. So are there some things that people with MPNs can do to regain a sense of control in their lives? 
Yes, there's several things that I would recommend um, that they can implement in their lives. Um, One being um, just kind of taking it uh, one day at a time, essentially, and and trying to not think too far ahead. I mean, you're talking about living with um, a chronic sort of long-term illness, and so you have to um, make adjustments to your lifestyle, and that may include um, maybe some healthy um, adjustments, you know, things like diet, um, you know, eating better, incorporating more exercise, and uh, finding ways to reduce stress. Um, I think asking your doctor, and that could be part of the initial um, questions that, that are part of your um you know, learning about the diagnosis and, and if you hear that they're suggesting watch and wait, I mean, specifically, what does that mean for you? You know, that can mean, you know, to me, it might mean something different than to, to the next person. Um, you know, what kinds of things will the doctor be doing during this period of watch and wait? You know, uh, what appointments will you have or tests um, do you have to take to kind of monitor the situation? And when, um, knowing when to reach out to your healthcare team, you know, in terms of what kinds of things you're looking for with symptomology, um, even emotional things that you may be struggling with, um, you know, I would assume most healthcare professionals will encourage you to call whenever there's a concern, but, you know, just kind of getting it out there and and understanding from the patient's point of view of, um, you know, how often in between the appointments or, you know, if, if there's something that they feel is a concern, you know, can they reach out at any time and who should they be contacting? And then, um, you know, knowing you're not alone, we've already talked a little bit about support and the importance of being around other cancer survivors and people who understand what you're going through. So I think that can definitely be helpful during this um watch and wait period as well is just being able to talk to others and, um, you know, understanding that even if they don't have the exact same type of cancer, a lot of people can understand that anxiety that goes around just kind of that waiting period when you're not actively doing something to treat the cancer. And then I heard a phrase not too long ago from somebody who said, live well while you feel well. And so I think that's, you know, doing things that you enjoy. Um spending time with family and friends, you know, so don't let this period of time uh, sort of take away from that um, happiness and joy that that you have in your life. Mm -hmm. So that's just a few strategies I would suggest. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, and one of the things that um, I know is important to you and one of the the things that we actually uh, teach at the Cancer Support Community and, and Gilda's Club Network is yoga. And so can you talk a little bit about how yoga can help people with an MPN or any other type of cancer for that matter live well with their illness? Yeah, so yoga is near and dear to my heart. Um, I've practiced yoga for many years and um, uh, it's helped me immensely just with, you know, just stress reduction and some physical um, symptoms, some things I was having with uh, back pain, um, so it's really remarkable, but basically yoga uh, incorporates physical movement with breathing, and who can't benefit from a little bit of physical movement and breathing? So um, specifically, you know, it kind of um, draws us into our own body, makes us aware of what's going on, um, 
and it also kind of teaches us, uh, helps us to learn how to control certain parts of our, our breathing um, and these movements and just connecting it all together. Um, and what's great about yoga and cancer uh, and, and for cancer patients is that gentle or yoga is very gentle and um, can be modified for people with any type of um, limitations, basically, or physical conditions. And so that's why I love it uh, at Gilda's Club because we just do a gentle yoga, um, and it can be modified to the point where um, we ha- we can do it in a chair. We can use different... Um, Props such as blocks, straps, um, blankets, all kinds of things to just make people feel more comfortable. And so it's really just about learning where the person's at and trying to adapt yoga to fit their life and making it accessible. So it's it's just a really great kind of mind-body technique that I've seen not only personally but obviously professionally working with people seeing um, great outcomes with. Um, and, you know, research even shows that, um, you know, it helps with sleep, fatigue, anxiety, depression, and the list goes on and on. So there's all kinds of good information out there um, specifically on the at the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine. Um, they have some great information about yoga and different modifications and, and concerns, you know, things that you should think about before getting into uh, doing yoga. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend it. Well, and, and maybe you could speak just a little bit more. Um, so, so for people who hear about high-intensity yoga or hot yoga or some of mm-hmm. the, the, the names that would just make you think that it was highly, highly physical and you might not feel like you're at that step, um, you know, there are different levels. And so people can join really wherever they are um, in, their, in their journey and participate. Is that accurate? Yes, most definitely. I think, you know, we all have sort of this misperception, really, of what yoga is, and you think you have to bend like a pretzel and and all these things, and it's really, it's not about that at all. And um, we do, like I said, just a very gentle yoga um, that incorporates a lot of breathing. And, you know, the the idea with the breathing, the, the deep breathing, is to send more oxygen um, into your body and just relax, um, you know, if you're feeling stressed or tension in your body, to relax certain body parts. Um, so it's it's really um, about finding a class uh, that's suited to you, um, and there's lots of them out there. It's also about finding a teacher um, that I think is qualified. And... I'm not saying that you have to go to, you know, um, some places teaches yoga specifically for cancer patients, but I do encourage them to, you know, ask around, maybe even ask their healthcare team if they know of anyone. Maybe there's something at the hospital even. A lot of hospitals are doing it. And talking to the instructor one-on-one about their limitations and the... Um, the teacher should have a knowledge, obviously, some knowledge of their limitations and how the poses can be modified for them and, and their abilities. So that's the first clue, I guess, is probably uh, if your teacher has no idea how to help you adapt a yoga class, then you probably should keep looking. But um, talking to your doctor, I think, is a good place to start, too, just in terms of um, making sure that it's okay that you uh, participate in a yoga class. And um, listening to your body, obviously, is the 
one of the biggest things that I suggest for people. And, and so we don't do anything that causes any pain. Uh, we're just doing gentle stretching and breathing. And so, you know, if something doesn't feel right, then um, you stop doing it. And so I think it's helpful, at least in the beginning, to, to actually take a class or talk to someone, a yoga instructor. Um, you know, there are things that you can do at home. Um, but again, you know, if you're not quite sure if you're doing something right, it might be helpful to to find a professional that can help you get started. Great. And I think a, a strong message is it's never too late to get started. So even if you feel like you're you're joining, you know, a class that may already be in progress or you feel like you, you know, might be at a stage in life where you um, it's too late for you to get started. It's never too late. So wherever wherever you are. Whatever state that you're in, um, it's always a good time to, to get started. And um, I'll just remind listeners that our helpline number, the one 888 again, we've got a list of resources. We would be able to point you to one of our local affiliates who offers yoga or other local centers who may also offer um, yoga. We have to take a quick commercial break. Today's show is sponsored by the Insight Corporation. And we will be back right after this commercial break. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts, and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the AZI Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. 
The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We are back with Frankly Speaking About Cancer. My name is Linda House, and I am your guest host today, filling in for Kim Tibaldo, the CEO and President of the Cancer Support Community, who will be back with you next week. We have with us today Melissa Wright, who is the Program Director at one of the Cancer Support Community affiliates, Gilda's Club Quad Cities in Davenport, Iowa. And we just had a conversation about yoga. And let me just step back to say this entire show is about patients who are living with um, myeloproliferative neoplasms. And we had talked in the first segment that myeloproliferative neoplasms are a rare type of cancer, typically three types of cancer. And they may um, be really in an undetectable phase for a period of time. So patients have to deal with... um, just the, the rare nature of the cancer and the complexity of the disease and might not be as easy to find someone like you um, as it is with some of the other cancers that are more common in nature. And our second segment was um, us just really talking about introducing the concept of strategies. So as you are living healthy with your um, illness or your MPN, what are some of the strategies? And Melissa, just to recap, you had talked about um, a support group. You had talked about one-on-one counseling. We had talked about seeking uh, an open-to-options session as people are making their treatment decisions. And then in this segment we we just um, heard, we were talking about yoga as a way to help patients living with an MPN diagnosis. In this particular segment, um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about ways in which Patients and families um, who live with an MPN diagnosis um, can can cope with their illness. And Melissa, um, specifically, could we talk a little bit about meditation? And you know exactly what is meditation, and uh, how is it something that would help either a patient or a family member live well with their cancer? Well, again, that's one of those things that people don't really um, understand. I think it's hard, um, even sometimes, to describe it, but. Um, can be very beneficial uh, in terms of, you know, dealing with uh, anxiety or depression or just some of the emotions that go with living with uh, chronic or even acute illnesses. Um, But meditation really is the practice of focusing your attention um, on the present moment. And it produces sort of the state of relaxation um, where your mind is awake, but you're also very alert. And so, um, you know, we've seen, I've read lots of studies and, and uh, teach it here actually at Gilda's Club as well. Um, you know, folks have said that it definitely helps them uh, lower their stress, um, helps them feel calm and uh, balanced, just sort of this overall sensation of, of well-being. Um, uh, could possibly help with some of the concentration and the memory issues that folks have with um, treatments. And 
there's uh, recent studies even that are looking at, um, you know, how meditation can help with pain management or, you know, medical conditions like high blood pressure. Um, so lots of good things with, with this, you know, spending time and focusing the mind uh, specifically for just a few moments at a time. And like anything, meditation takes practice. You know, when you're learning to ride a bike, you don't just get on and ride the bike. It's the same thing with meditation. So we just sort of have to practice it and sort of train our minds to be able to just sit uh, still for a period of time and observe what's going on in our bodies um, and also our minds. You know, what are the thoughts that are kind of floating through constantly for us? So that can be very helpful when we're anxious and worried about things because that's where our mind wants to go all the time. And meditation sort of brings us back to uh, breathing and to just observing and just being instead of sort of the state of wanting to to do things and and feeling anxious and uptight. Um, So, you know, how do you get started with meditation? Um, It's really pretty easy to do. I mean, this is something you can do on your own. You don't have to take a class. Um, But uh, I would suggest that when folks are just getting started that they schedule a specific time to do it because like a lot of things, exercise and diets, you know, if we say, oh, I'll do it whenever it doesn't happen. And so when I began uh, starting to practice meditation, for me, what worked was early in the morning, uh, right after I got up. So people need to find that time that works for them, whether it be in the morning or in the evening or whenever throughout their day. But something else I recommend with meditation too is maybe not doing it right before bed or when you're really tired because the idea is that the mind still stays alert and if you're really tired when you meditate, sometimes you fall asleep, which isn't always a bad thing, but that isn't the purpose of meditation. Um, And and starting with, you know, just start out very slowly, you know, maybe scheduling five minutes a day and gradually increasing that. And so, you know, ideally, you know, I've heard a lot of um, experts recommend that 30 to 40 minutes a day is ideal, but, you know, that's different for everybody. I think you try to figure out how it works for you and and when you can do it, that type of thing. Don't start off thinking, oh, I have to do 30 or 40 minutes. Just start with five minutes, you know, uh, 10 minutes here, wherever. And then um, finding a quiet location, obviously, without disruptions, uh, adds to your meditation experience. And basically, you're just going to sit still um, in a comfortable position with the eyes closed, probably, if that's comfortable for you. Uh, generally sitting, uh, maybe lying down if, if you're not to the point where you could fall asleep. And you just start to draw your awareness to whatever starts to come up, you know, and we're at the, that's called sort of this mindfulness or living in the moment. And you don't actually have to, at that point, do anything about those thoughts. It's just kind of noticing where the mind has gone and then bringing it back to your breath. And so saying, okay, you know, I'm thinking about my illness again. And, okay, so you bring it back to then your breathing and where you feel your breath is most prominent in your body. And so I know that can seem a little overwhelming or even difficult to think about starting something like this. So... Another thing I recommend is sort of a guided meditation, whether you get a CD or you get an an app on your phone, you find something that will guide you through. And so this will be a person that will be talking and they'll kind of tell you, you know, what to be 
doing or thinking about and, and encouraging you to bring your thoughts back to your breath and your breathing and relaxation. Um, so that can be very helpful, especially in the beginning when you're not quite sure what you should do. And, um, and then, you know, once you get kind of a little bit better at it, then pretty soon you don't need a person to sort of guide you through that. But there's lots of resources available if you look online, um, you know, even YouTube and things like that that would have um, meditation scripts or people, you know, talking you through a guided meditation. Mm-hmm. And and just to, to dig a little bit deeper in, into meditation and, um, you know, some questions that, that I know I that come to my mind, I don't know that I would always uh, ask. So are there any particular rules for meditating? Do you have to be in a certain place or are there any certain physical positions that you have to be able to assume to participate? No, I mean, that's the great thing about meditation. There really aren't any rules per se. Um, you know, there's things that I think can help you uh, to be able to sit still and meditate. And some of those that I mentioned, you know, about finding a quiet place and being comfortable. Um, but, you know, I find um, I, I use it personally and I'll um, close my door at work and, you know, whether I have, you know, take just three or five or seven minutes and just meditate just kind of helps me get through my day, recharges me, get, helps me get focused again. So, I mean, you can really do it just about any place. Um, but I do tell those around me, you know, if I'm going to be meditating for five or ten minutes, you know, that, that I, I don't want to be bothered. And so, again, that may work for a person who's trying to do it um, at home or wherever they're at. The, to let people know so that you aren't uh, disrupted. But, you know, I, really no rules per se. And I think just the idea of um, being gentle with yourself and just kind of having this beginner's mind and being open to whatever happens and, and the thoughts that come up. And um, I think, you know, sticking with it, you know, it's not going to be easy probably in the beginning for a lot of people to be able to sit still. Uh, it wasn't for me. And, you know, I, I felt like my mind was going 100 miles an hour and I couldn't just even sit still, like even just the body, you know, whether I was shaking my foot or doing whatever. But, again, with practice and over time, it gets easier and you start to, to see the real benefits that come of it. And so it's it's uh, very easily done and, and it reaps great rewards if you stick with it. Mm-hmm. And... Um... You, you, you mentioned the mind-body connection. I know that at Gilda's Club, Gilda's Club Quad Cities, you offer other classes that would help facilitate the mind-body connection. What, what are some of those? Well, um, again, yoga is one of those, and, and so we have different types of yoga classes, and specifically even chair yoga, where it's a whole class that's done from a chair. Um, but... Uh, something that I've found pretty useful is called mindful meditation, and, and that mindfulness, again, is just sort of learning to live in the moment, which definitely helps when you're dealing with uh, cancer diagnosis. Um, and there's other uh, types of classes and, and things that we do. There's another um, sort of mind-body strategy that I've found helpful um, called progressive muscle relaxation, and that may be something that people, you know, um, listening today would want to check into. And that's just a series of sort of um, tightening and relaxing certain parts of your body and kind of muscles and working, you know, maybe from the head down to the toes. And again, you're um, breathing and 
tightening and relaxing these muscles, and you just, be, again, become very relaxed. And so it's a good strategy. One of those that I find is very portable, um, which means you can take it with you anywhere. Once you kind of learn the basics of doing the progressive muscle relaxation, then you've you've got the skill, and it stays with you, and you can use it. You know, if you're tense, maybe you're sitting at the, the dentist's office in a chair, you know, and you find yourself very anxious or any uh, situation like that, and you can just implement these strategies and do it wherever you're at. And so that's a great tool to have in your pocket, you know, to be able to use throughout your cancer journey. So, um, but, you know, our classes uh, change at Gilda's Club just kind of depends on the need. And I know many of the other Gilda's Clubs and cancer support community affiliates use all different kinds of mind-body um, techniques, and they offer workshops that teach many different things. So um, there's lots of things out there, you know, guided imagery, uh, visualization, this breath awareness type of thing, um, hypnosis. So there's all kinds of things that people can check into and kind of find what works for them. Great. Thank you. We are going to have to go to a commercial break. This is Linda House. Today's show is sponsored by the Insight Corporation. We will be back with our final segment in just a few minutes. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. 
Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. This is Linda House. I'm your guest host today, and I would just like to take a moment to thank our guest, Melissa Wright, who is one of the many program directors at the Cancer Support Community Affiliate Gilda's Club in um, Iowa. So thank you, Melissa, so much for, for being with us. Thank you, Linda. I've enjoyed being here today. And thank you for everything you do to help patients um, in your area and I know beyond your area. You do a lot with the headquarters office and your reach extends um, far beyond your, your community. So you're touching a lot of people every day. Thank you for your work. Well, I just feel honored to be a part of um, everything uh, with the Gilda's Club and the Cancer Support Community and such a great organization and um, going on my 16th year here as program director and I'm always amazed with all the great things going on um, nationally with our group and, and here locally. You know, we have lots of good initiatives. We already talked about open options and just all the things that we offer um, you know, uh, folks living with cancer, their family members. It's really um, a great program. So thank you for having me. Sure. And we'd like our listeners to make sure and tell your friends about the, the work we do. And um, we're, we're happy to, to service either the patients or the families if, uh, if, if you see value in what we do. Um, I just wanted to loop back to um, our conversation today around myeloproliferative neoplasms. And we do know that there are um, a number of treatments that are available for patients with um, myeloproliferative neoplasms. And again, we will post a link on our website to a Voice America show that I hosted just about a year ago where we talked about some of the medical treatments. So we talked about bone marrow transplants and we talked to some of the, or talked about some of the, um, the, treatments that were available uh, today and, and side effects and, and questions that should be asked as you're thinking about making a, a treatment decision. And we talked in the earlier segment about um, the importance of patients and families uh, really knowing their full spectrum of options. And one of the things that we talked about was with MPNs or myeloproliferative neoplasms, that there may be a challenge accessing information, that there might not be as much awareness around these rare forms of cancer. And Melissa, I was just wondering if you could repeat what you were saying about just the importance of um, awareness activities. As we talked earlier, September is MPN Awareness, and the Cancer Support Community and a number of our partners are hosting um, events called Shining the Light on MPNs, which are really designed to raise awareness about um, myeloproliferative neoplasms. So could you just say a little bit, uh, uh, repeat a little bit of what you said in segment one about that? Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, when you're talking about rare cancers, uh, there's just a lot of unknowns for people, whether it be the, the patients with those cancers or even the healthcare team, um, your, your family physician or whoever, you know, you may be experiencing symptoms and you're not quite sure and, and they may not even know um, when it comes to that. So that lack of awareness can delay, obviously, a diagnosis and treatment of a, of a rare cancer. And so we really need to work hard to not focus all our attention on, you know, just uh, specific kinds of cancers, but also looking at those rare cancers who don't get the attention that uh, that some of the other more known cancers get. Um, because ultimately, what we want to do is improve the quality of life of our of the cancer patients and those who have rare or common types of cancers. Um, so, if we uh, have these activities around um, awareness of these rare cancers. You know, we're ideally we're hoping to promote 
um, the knowledge of our healthcare team, you know, around um, the diagnosis and therefore the treatments. Um, we want to increase the, the knowledge um, for patients and their family members to know, you know, what the diagnosis means, what the treatments are, whether it's a watch and wait type of period, but they are, are fully informed of, of what it is that they have and what to expect. And then also, um, I think sometimes when we're more aware about these illnesses and, and what how it affects people and what's going on, um, hopefully we can promote more research uh, around, you know, treatments for those types of cancers. So, you know, when they're rare cancers, they often don't get the attention um, research-wise, you know, and, and the funding doesn't go towards the research for those things. So we really need to work to draw attention to the rare cancers as well so that we can fund research and, and do more clinical trials and learn about new treatments that are effective for the cancer patients experiencing those cancers. And, and I'd like to mention that I know you have information on your website. Uh, the Cancer Support Community National Office has information on our website about MPNs and about MPN Awareness Day and shining the light on MPNs. We've got a toolkit there. So if you are listening and you do run a support group in a church or uh, you work in a hospital and you'd like to do something for your patients with MPN, we have a toolkit that's posted there on www.cancersupportcommunity.org. You can get templates for flyers. You can get templates for little flashlights. We can send you little flashlights. So I would encourage you to please uh, please take a look there and um, help us raise awareness for these particular types of cancers. Um, You know, before the end of today's show, I want to make sure that you um, also have a chance to tell our listeners about some of the other programs that we have um, at your Gilda's Club, which is Gilda's Club Quad Cities, the Gilda's Clubs around the United States, or the cancer support communities around the United States. Yes, so we, you know, it does vary from affiliate to affiliate. So, um, you know, I would suggest for folks if they have uh, a Gilda's Club or Cancer Support Community affiliate near them to contact them and and get their monthly calendar of events. Uh, Ours is online, which I think probably many of them do that now too on the on the website. but you'll kind of see a common thread uh, across uh, the affiliate network with the activities that we offer. And uh, typically we all offer uh, support groups, and so that could be a support group for the person with cancer or their family members. Um, they might be cancer-specific support groups, so depending on the location, um, you, that, uh, that affiliate may have you know, a breast cancer support group or a blood cancer support group, so checking into that. In the kids' programs, we have support groups for children as well, and that would be children of uh, families, you know, parents that have cancer, grandparents that have cancer, or even children themselves that have a cancer diagnosis uh, can participate at Gilda's Club. And um, we all typically will have healthy living types of workshops, um, so that, that would include, you know, yoga, meditation, um, nutrition, those types of things. Uh, we have another program called Cancer Transitions for cancer survivors. It's a six-week uh, kind of post-treatment program that uh, teaches skills for people to learn to live, you know, after cancer diagnosis. 
And we do um, workshops and lectures, so we'll invite uh, guests to come in, and that would be physicians from the area, uh, maybe talking about the latest treatments, uh, such as immunotherapy. Uh, they might We might bring nurses in to talk about um, strategies for coping with treatment side effects. And then we also generally will have some sort of social events and parties and things going on. And these all just really enable people to talk to others who are going through the cancer diagnosis, who understand what they're going through, sort of this camaraderie and sharing of information. And it's just, again, it's a community of support and um, lots of different things going on. And it's all free. Um, so, you know, even if you're, you know, a person says, well, I'm not a support group person, there's lots of things going on, different types of activities. So I would encourage folks to check it out if they have um, an affiliate uh, close to them. Great. Thank you for that. And just a reminder as we close that today's show is sponsored by the Insight Corporation, and we certainly thank them for their sponsorship. For any of our listeners out there who would like to learn more about today's show or MPNs, a couple things on Voice America, you've found us here. Um, you can search for myeloproliferative neoplasms and you can find our show from last year, which has um, a lot of information about the medical aspects of MPNs. I would also encourage you to visit www.cancersupportcommunity.org forward slash MPN aware 2014 and you'll be able to read the information i spoke about and download the toolkit Um, we would also encourage you as you are moving through this month to share your questions or experiences with living with an mpn and if you're doing that via social media please use the hashtag hashtag mpn aware 2014 and we will follow your questions suggestions and comments through that hashtag If you are interested in organizing your own awareness event through your local community, again, please take a look at the toolkit. There's all kinds of great tips and ideas there Um, throughout the month of September. If you can't get it done in the month of September, please use that toolkit to have an awareness event anytime you feel would work for your local community. A full listing of the MPN awareness events can also be found. I'm going to repeat that website for you. It is cancersupportcommunity.org. MPN Aware 2014. And just as a reminder, the Cancer Support Community is the combination of Gilda's Clubs and the wellness communities. We combined a few years ago to become the largest support network for people living with cancer in the United States. And to find an affiliate close to you, you can go to our website, www.cancersupportcommunity.org. You can call our helpline, which is one 888 793-9355 and learn more about the services that are available to you. Melissa, I want to thank you again for joining me today and for all you do on behalf of advancing our mission and the patients that you serve. And we hope that those listening in will join us to shine a light on MPNs. Until next time, be well, do well, and live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. <music> 